Welcome, this is Stepping Into Creativity, a podcast in which we explore the magic that happens when creativity, art and education meet. We are a group of professionals and pioneers from Ireland, Greece, Serbia, Austria and the Netherlands working together. By sharing stories, we hope to learn about successful practices throughout Europe and inspire you with the lessons learned. I am Lena Rosink and I am Manja Eland. We are your hosts. So let's step into today's episode. Today we get to listen to the conversation that Manja had with Jovan Mulcahy from Ireland. Manja, I'm so curious, can you tell me something about your interview? It was a lovely discussion. Siobhan shared with us her perspective as a policymaker and having carried out creative partnerships in schools already for 20 years. Also how in somewhere in the last couple of years they made a switch where the arts and education also on a policy level really started working together. I think that was inspirational. Another thing I take away is that trust is very important in partnerships. Learning from each other, being able to learn from your own mistakes. I think on many levels that was something that came back in our conversation. Do you mean even she and her colleagues as policymakers allow mistakes in their work? Well, that's always a tough thing, allowing for mistakes. But I guess they do. They really facilitate learning from each other in between the different counties and also when they facilitate the projects where artists go into classrooms they facilitate a network where the artists can learn from each others as well as the teachers but they explore what could have been better what maybe could be done another way the next time so that really requires a place of trust and confidence and being okay with making the mistakes so yes i would say they are that sounds amazing i can't wait to listen to her speaking about it yes let's dive in So thank you so much for being uh, on our podcast today. Um, You're calling in from Ireland. I'm calling in from the Netherlands. Would you like to uh, introduce yourself to our listeners? Okay, and thank you for having me. It's delightful to be here today. Um, My name is Siobhan Mulcahy, and I am the County Arts Officer with Clare County Council. So Clare County Council is a local government in the west of Ireland. Um, Ireland is is divided into counties, so we're one of those in the west of Ireland. Um, Some of your listeners might be familiar with it because it's where Shannon International Airport is based. So some of you may have flown into County Clare if you've travelled to Ireland previously. Um, So it's predominantly a rural county. It's based on the western seaboard. Uh, We would have a number of urban centres as well. Um, And as I say, I am the arts officer for the county. So I would cover my, my main role is to 
promote and develop the arts within the county and that would cover all artistic disciplines um, so that would be visual arts, music, which is particularly strong in County Clare and traditional Irish music in particular, um, dance, writing, um, all, all artistic uh, disciplines. Um, so we would be promoting and developing those in three key areas, I suppose. Um, the first would be in terms of participation, encouraging people to actively engage and get involved in the arts, um, as well as encouraging audiences to attend arts activities. Um, the second way that we would do it is by supporting artists. So we would work with artists to commission new works from them. Um, we would also run a number of professional development training opportunities for artists. And then the third way that we work is to advocate for the arts and to try and embed the arts across all of society, all of our government departments. Um, we would forge partnerships, um, local, national and international, um, both with arts organisations, but also community organisations who may be interested in using the arts. Um, so so what we're speaking about today would cover, um, would, would tie in with a lot of those aims and objectives in terms of partnerships in terms of supporting artists and obviously in terms of participation in the arts um, in this instance uh, in, I suppose you know young people's participation in the arts through through education wonderful so you what well, I would imagine never a dull moment uh in your work it's busy <laughs> it's busy it is busy um uh in a good way in a good way um but i i suppose one of the things i, I would say is that each local authority in ireland has an arts officer um, and we would have a very strong network within the within the country. Um, so there's a very strong support base for the type of work that we do um, in terms of sharing of expertise, sharing of knowledge. Um, and that all feeds in is a very supportive climate within which to work. But there's no doubt about it. It is very busy. <laughs> And uh, it's very nice that you mentioned how you are all supporting each other. Do you have a regular basis of coming together or how do you share your knowledge? Yeah, so we have um, the, the Local Authority Arts Officers Association and we would normally meet around three three times a year. So that would be a meeting where we gather together and we would normally have somebody maybe come in to speak to us on various topics that might be of interest as well. Um, now, ironically, you know, that that all went with COVID, um, our, our meetings in person per se, but actually the, the network probably gained strength from that because there was almost more of a lean for information on each other during COVID times. Um, so there were probably more formal meetings online than we would normally get a chance to meet up together. Um, and also just the general phone calls and email circuits. Um, and it's proven to be a very invaluable um, resource. Um, and people have been very generous, I think, with their time and their knowledge as well, supporting each other um, in the hope that there's a, an Irish an Irish phrase that a rising tide lifts all boats. 
So in in many ways, we're we're all this in this together. So the more we can do for one another, the better it is for everybody. Um, so the, the 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 support from colleagues has been um, particularly useful over the last eighteen months to two years. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. I'm also I've been reading a little bit online and reading how you support artists as well. Uh, and I'm curious to know more about that and the project uh, Artist in Schools. But before we dive into that, I'm also curious about you personally. Um, what do you think? How would you explain creativity and in what way are you creative yourself? I, For me, I think creativity is the expression of being. It's it's the the source where everything emanates from. And the creative process is how we utilize that source to find our place in the world. And that that is to me where where it comes from. Um, there would be a number of of you know phrases that we would use like drawing from the well, um, which is normally used in a community setting in terms of the amount of of um, creativity that might be in a particular area. But I think that can be applied to the individual as well, and to the very heart and souls of us really. Um, in terms of my own creativity, I suppose what. I see myself maybe as a as a conductor of an orchestra in that I would see myself working with really talented artists, a.k.a. musicians in this instance, um, who are, you know, so good at what they do. And my creativity, I think, is in drawing out the very best of them. That's the way that 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 I would see it. I do not claim to be an artist at all, <laughs> um, but um, but I would have a genuine love for the arts um, and for the impact that the arts can have on the individual and on society as a whole. So um, so yeah, I'd like to think that I may be conducting artists to create a great oeuvre or symphony or wonderful musical work <laughs> as such. Wonderful. But that is also creativity and making the connections and seeing possibilities, um, I would say, are all part of that. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and maybe sometimes... Um, pushing others to maybe make those connections themselves and um, certainly over the last couple of years we have seen artists again because of covid and online and that that struggle that that many of them have had um focus in and internalize and you know concentrate on their own work which for many has been really invaluable i think in terms of their own practice as well um but I would see my role as maybe um, because I might have the knowledge of other artists or other schemes that are running of making those connections and helping artists to achieve to to be the best that they can be. Um, and I get a great sense of um, enjoyment and gratification from that. Wonderful. Um, so if, as you're talking about bringing together different talents, um, Maybe that's a nice bridge as well to the project where you bring together artists and teachers in classrooms um, in the TEP project. Absolutely. Could you elaborate a little bit on that for us? Yeah. So um, 
I'm in my role in Clare County Council for over 20 years now. Um, and one of the first schemes that we would have set up when I, when I started in the role was our artist in school scheme. Um, the, when I first came in, I met with an awful lot of artists in particular. We took a very artist-centered approach. And the one thing that came through very clearly in their messaging was that they weren't necessarily looking for grants, but they were looking for opportunities to share their work. Um, and they were looking for opportunities to work with people that may not necessarily always have uh, the opportunity to participate in the arts, or if the opportunities were there, they may not be of a very high quality. They, you know, there was a sense that there may have been tokenism about it. Um, so working from that premise uh, with the artists, we set up the initial artist in school scheme. Uh, whereby we paired um, artists. We, we set up the scheme in such a way that artists and the schools had to make a joint proposal to us as to the work that they wanted to do in the classroom. We were very clear um, from the outset that we were not going to replicate or to do the artwork that needs to be done as part of the curriculum in Ireland. We saw that very much as the teacher's role. Um, and so what we were offering was an add-on as such, an additional creative journey that we were looking to bring the children on and the young people on. Um, so we would have started that, as I say, just over 20 years ago now. And it was very... Um, it was a very interesting and quite a challenging dynamic at the start. Um, some schools felt that it was almost like we were casting a judgment on the work that we were doing or they were doing and it wasn't good enough. Um, some schools welcomed us with open arms. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. <laughs> um, and for many, I think it, there was a sense of what is this all about? So over the years, that has flipped completely um, and it's gone from us going out to schools going, please try this to us every year going, how can we get more funding to enable all of these wonderful projects? Um, there has been a huge sea change. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it in the arts and education sector. Um, much of it curriculum based and much of it coming through the teacher training as well. Um, there's there's a, a huge shift in terms of the, the, the newer and younger, more recent graduates coming out. And when I say recent, I'm talking the last 10 years as such. Mm -hmm. um, and their openness, I think, to um, using the arts and using artistic practice so while our scheme was initially almost um, look at what we can do um, that has changed considerably and that has developed considerably to uh, how can we work best together um, there also has been a huge sea change in terms of the artists who initially would have seen these on a almost a project by project basis but over time who have developed the experience and the skills in this area. So now would consider them that would consider arts and education to be 
um, an artistic practice in itself. Um, so as much as they might say I'm a visual artist or I'm a, a musician, they may now also call themselves an arts educator, um, which is lovely to see them approaching it and to see to see them feeling it as, as a viable um, creative practice in terms of their own their own work that they do. So the TAP uh, course, the Teacher Artist Partnership, it's it's relatively new in the in the scheme of our you know you know our twenty year history as such, um, but up and running for a number of years now, and a really exciting development because it was, I suppose, up to now even in terms of national government, um, it had been primarily being promoted through the art side and the art sector. And there was a sense that, you know, we're, we're selling the message about how important this is. Um, so when the Department of Education came on board through our Arts and Education Charter, it was a huge step forward. Um, absolutely. And it gave validation, I think, to the work that was being done, not only in Clare, but throughout the throughout Ireland um, and the TAP scheme then is it's quite a formal process in that it is very much training with specific artists and specific teachers but what it has done it has enabled by bringing that formality to it it has once again validated the work that is being done whereby artists really get to understand where the educators are coming from and where teachers are coming from. And the, the teachers, while I think they do appreciate the work of the artist, they really get a sense of their skills and techniques and how it's okay to draw outside the lines and it's okay to be a bit messy and it's okay to, to do things that they may not normally have considered um, uh, appropriate for their, their classrooms as such. So there's been a huge shift, I think, in terms of the, the respect for each other's professions as part of it. That would be the one thing that would have come out of it. And there has also been the most wonderful creative partnerships because invariably through the scheme, when an artist is partnered with uh, a teacher initially, that partnership might grow to actually be a school. Um, many of our schools, I should say, in Clare are very small. <laughs> um, the vast majority of them would have less than 100 pupils and about half of those, again, would have less than 50 pupils. So when we talk of a school community, you could be talking of two, three, four teachers and, you know, 50 pupils. So it's tiny. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it puts that that school community at the heart of the, the very rural communities that we work in, uh, which makes it all the more precious, I think, in many, many ways. Um, so that validation and that respect for each other's practice and then the long term development that comes from developing those creative residencies. What we have found is that TAP is the instigator. There is the initial training there's the initial residency and then they're back for more 
there's follow up the next year. They're looking at building on projects. They're looking at expanding projects. They're looking at um, various disciplines that they could bring in to to build on the projects that they've done. Um, and it's absolutely wonderful to see how how it has grown and blossomed um, in a mutually respectful way, but a way that ultimately benefits the children without a doubt and um, at the end of the day it's to see the smiles on those faces and to see how the children have been empowered resulting from the TAP process it's uh, it's very very worthwhile. Yes that's the magic what do you think it brings for the children? I think um As with with any child, when you bring somebody new into a classroom, um, you know, the dynamic shifts altogether. And I think there is a sense that it's a case of bringing almost the outside in. And it's an outside that they may not normally in their home circumstances have the opportunity to engage with. So straight away there is that mm -hmm. there's something new, there's something different. Uh, the artists that we work with are now extremely skilled in terms of their facilitation process and in terms of their creative approaches to working with children. So they really know how to empower children by developing their skills, but probably more so by listening and by working with them and by facilitating the children to to lead the projects themselves almost they're almost there as guides and mentors rather than mm -hmm. teachers now obviously this is all very well planned out <laughs> and this is um this is the skill that the artist has and this is the relationship between the artist and the teacher in terms of themes that may be explored or delving into various aspects of the curriculum um so while it may look like it's all fun and free flowing um there is a very logical um thought behind it um but it is open Ended. And I think the children love that element of starting a journey and not quite being sure where it might finish. Um, and there's a, there's the, the excitement of that. Lovely. Yes. You're here for that. Um, yes. <laughs> it can be an experience and a, a curious way and not knowing where you end. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose no, no more than than life itself. In some ways, it prepares us for, you know, you might think you're doing one thing or going in one direction, but actually all those other influences, you know, that's where the learning comes from. Um, so, you know, it's um, you, you start in one place and discover, you know, down the road that you're not where you thought you were going to be. And it may be a good thing or it may be a bad thing. But along the way, you will have learned the skills um, to 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 get you there as such. And I think that's really important in terms of life skills and seeing creativity um exactly as that as a life skill so it doesn't matter if you're a good dancer or a good musician or a good artist um what does matter is that you have the capability to be able to express yourself how you best feel able to um and i think that's a huge strength that we can give to our children in this in the in this current climate definitely and it also requires quite a bit of trust to go into a process like that um and I have the idea that with the TAP program, um, this is also what is facilitated. 
building a relationship. Yeah, yeah, um, very much so. And a lot of thought is given at the outset of the TAP process about what artists might work best with what teacher. Um, and, there, you know, so there, there's quite a, a lot of, of thought goes into that, that initial pairing. Um, but trust is is hugely important. And I suppose before you even get to that pairing, there would be a process, an application process, whereby we're looking for um, people to come who are open to sharing and who are respectful of the others. So teachers who are willing and want to work and learn from artists, but also artists that are willing and want to learn from teachers. Um, So I think that that mutual respect has to be there from the very, very start Um, and where that journey takes them then that that is the one thing that would come out because the the actual training, it's quite, um, you know, it's a very formal, structured week, quite intensive quite exhausting many people would say to us at the end of it but they do come out with a very different perspective um, on what it is that each other do Um, and a lot of the assumptions that they may have carried in with them have been completely dissipated by the end of the week Um, so so there is that there's the trust in each other I think in terms of their professionalism um, but there's also the trust in the TAP program that this has um, it's almost a proven way of working but you do need to leave preconceived notions at the door before you enter in Mm -hmm. and that gives people it, it can take people a while to, to, you know, to say it's okay not to think the way you might have thought for many years. Um, uh, but, in you know, in, invariably it's empowering and invariably, you know, it's, it, it's almost a, a loosening maybe of some of the, the ideas that people might have had um, and they can actually shake them up and start from scratch again, which is a way that children would come to these programmes. And I think that's really important. They're coming in with no preconceived notions what, whatsoever. They completely trust in their educators, um, be it the artist or the teacher. So bringing the artist and the teacher back to that particular starting point, while it may be disconcerting initially, it shows exactly where the children are coming from. And that gives a whole new dynamic to um, to the TAP um, program. I love that. Um, so a little bit uh, back to being the council and everything, what is needed to organize this in a country, because I think it's quite different from our other partner countries. Um, I think you have a system where there's always schooling for teachers in the summer. Is that correct? So basically the way it works is that it's, it's not quite every county in Ireland, but we would have a number of regional education centers that are dotted around the the country so some might cover two or three counties it depends on the 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 size really um and the areas um so teachers are they they associate with one or other of these particular education centers so during the summer um again it would be run through the department of education our national education department they would run what they call continuous professional development courses so teachers can take 
take courses at the centers that could be anything from um, computers to um, geography to how best to teach maths. But in there, in the middle of all of those is now the TAP program as well. Um, so that that was a huge success in actually getting it in there and getting it validated um, as, you know, this is it carries as much, uh, you know, credits as any of the other the other subjects. So it's wonderful that that it's in there now. So, yeah. So in effect, teachers then have the opportunity to apply and attend one of these courses that happened during the summer for a week. Um, and then in return, they can take service days during their teaching time, etc. Um, but the really nice thing about TAP is that you go in as a teacher for the week and you're working with the artists and you're working with a group of other teachers and other artists. And within that, then people are paired off. So there's a mix of group work and more focused work. Um, but knowing that after that week, um, there will be the opportunity for the artist to come in and do a residency in your classroom or in your school. So in many ways, it's what fires the imagination and that trust is built up and the ways of working have been established. Um, so the artist comes in almost hitting the ground running um, in terms of the residency and you know the time that can be spent building up partnerships and teasing out supports. That's already been done through TAP. So they're literally starting a pace at a creative project which is wonderful um, so that that's the way that it works here in Ireland so every year there would be for example in the Clare Education Centre that's where our particular course runs um, mm. so we would have uh, up to five or six teachers every year that would work with five or six different artists and it's running for maybe five or six years at this stage so there's 30 teachers, shall we say, out there now who have done this course. And there's also 30 artists. Um, and that in itself, those 30 teachers are going back into 30 schools, potentially. Um, now, what often happens as well is that a teacher in one school does it one year and goes into the staff room and says, you all have to do it. So we may have a second teacher back from that school. Um, but effectively, it is that that kind of snowballing effect and the tentacles are reaching out um, throughout the county in terms of our, our national or what we call national school, our primary school um, education, which is absolutely wonderful. But the other element of it is that this is the the tap scheme but we're still running our artist in school scheme so we mm -hmm. benefit hugely from the level of expertise that the artists are getting from the scheme because while they might work with one school through tap on any particular year they may then go on and work with two or three others later on in the school term as well so that that investment of time and that raising of expertise and arts practice in the arts and education area um, is absolutely invaluable to us. And again, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier about the rising tide, you know, by investing in that one boat 
that one boat goes out and helps all the other smaller boats um, by sharing, you know, the knowledge throughout the schools, etc. Um, so so in in terms of a sustainable model of delivery, it's very it's it, it really has proven itself, I think, um, to be a very good model um, and one that both the teachers and the artists um, uh, would completely agree, you know, is 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 the way to go in terms of developing arts education. It's wonderful. So nice. I really like the metaphor of all the boats lifting each other up or the tides <laughs> lifting uh, everyone. I think that's a key element of um, growing in this area. Mm-hmm. So if you, well, you mentioned a lot of things already, but if you were to share a tip for uh, our listeners who are maybe in another country in a completely different context, what would you say, what would you give as a tip? Well, I think, and I suppose I alluded to it previously, maybe just in terms of my own role and my own colleagues, but I do think that sharing of information is really invaluable. Um, I, you know, in terms of artists, what we would find can be hugely beneficial are actually the things that don't work. So if something doesn't work, we never see that as failure or we never see that as projects that, you know, you know, that that they were poor projects. What we try to garner from that is the learning. And there's no blame or fault laid with anybody. Rather, it's used as an example for other artists as to what may not work or, you know, maybe a different approach is needed here. Um, But to do that, you do need to have a very supportive community of like-minded artists um, and arts educators in this particular um, instance. Um, You do need to have a community of people who are invested in their arts practice in terms of arts and education so they can they can empathize, they can understand what you are trying to do and understand maybe why it didn't work. Um, so the sharing of knowledge is really, really important. Um, and that, as I say, there's never blame attributed. There's never, it's never a case of, oh, don't work with this artist again. If anything, it's a case of this is a really good idea. And we, it, it needs to be tested more. It needs to, you know, w- work in a different way. And you will see artists who develop a certain pattern in terms of their practice. Um And then you will see other artists who start as, you know, they might start doing mosaics and end up doing painting, you know, that the creative process itself for them takes them in in ways they hadn't seen, seen before. But I think having that support and that networking is really, really important. And the opportunity for artists to tell their stories and to share their stories. Um, there's probably, it's probably already happening to an 
element within the schools in that normally because there's a staff room and there's teachers aren't working in isolation the way that artists are those stories are being shared anyway um, and advice can come from colleagues who are interested or experienced but the role of the artist can be quite an individual and a a solitary role sometimes so I think um, having that support for artists and giving them the confidence to say this didn't work um, or this isn't working that's often something as well that they may may realize halfway through a project um, that something isn't working and having that support around them for others to say well have you considered this or you know um, would this approach or you know by doing something differently would that work that often can just be the catalyst for for things moving in in directions that that nobody had ever conceived. Uh, It's the same actually as working in the classroom. So it's an open-ended journey. Um, So the whole partnership and working in a school, it it allows some space for tweaking and moving around and adapting as you go along. I think so. And I think that probably comes back from the actual training that the artists and teachers get. Um, initially through TAP, that the teachers would trust the artist enough to be able to to shift or move midway through a project. Um, uh, and I, I think um, having that freedom is, is absolutely invaluable in terms of developing the relationship and bringing the children on, on a creative journey. And, you know, letting children say, okay, this isn't working for whatever reason so part of the creativity then is finding a a solution or finding another way to do it um which is which is really really important i'm also interested to hear a little bit about um well your your uh part of the government um being a council so yeah for people uh, who are on the sidelines so not the teachers not the art artists but governments working together so i hear all counties are working together and then you have both culture and education joining forces um any advice or tips on that maybe for other countries yeah so um well, I suppose the first thing I would say is that it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> you know, it is it is a long road, but we have to start somewhere. That 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 would be oh, where wow. where I would I would start coming from. Um, uh, it's it's, and I suppose the last two years in particular with COVID and how it has affected everybody, and the whole um, movement now to wellness and a sense of well-being, um, which I think artists were tapped into for years before this ever became trendy in terms of this language that's being promoted now. Um, unfortunately, it has taken a pandemic for, for many of the others to come on and to realise maybe the significance of how important that is to society as a whole, um, both in terms of policymakers, but also individuals on the ground as well who have been arrested, I suppose, in many ways in terms of, yeah, not realising just how much it has impacted on us in terms of um, our own mental strength or um, our own notions of what's important in life. Um, But I do feel that the artistic community in particular had tapped into that a long, long time ago. And in many ways, 
we're, we're trying to make the case for these types of creative projects, that it's not about what the product at, that, at the end, it is about the process, it is about um, working with the children to explore emotions or to give the children a voice um, through artwork. Um, so in terms of tips, I think probably where we are now is very different to where we were five years ago. Um, I do think that there is um, an openness in terms of policy making, um, particularly in the education sector, um, and a realization that um, education is far broader, perhaps, than the traditional approaches that may have been taken. Um, and there are many hugely um, positive people in, in Ireland in particular working in the in our Department of Education and, and looking at our curricula and looking at what can be changed. And it's not about standards and it's not about uh, diminishing the level of education, but it's perhaps looking at how things can be done differently and realizing that um, children learn in different ways, which, you know, teachers have been trained in this for many years, but the app actual application of that training I think um, there, there's been a, a shift now um, and they're being empowered almost by being told you can take creative approaches in terms of teaching tra traditional teaching methods so in terms of tips there, there would be two things I suppose I do feel it is a very positive time to be approaching um, education policy um, I do think people are far more open and far more willing to listen at the moment than they possibly were a number of years ago. It's also a fabulous time, I think, for artists to group together. Um, and that doesn't come naturally to artists because they, they do tend, as I mentioned earlier, to be solitary creatures working individually. Um, but when I say artists to come together, it's to come together in terms of supporting the work that they do. Um, they will be quite, artists are quite aware of how skillful each other are in terms of their practice and their process. Um, but I think are learning that they do need to support one another and that, you know, to create not so much a larger voice, but maybe a more coherent voice in terms of their messaging. Um, and really, you know, it often just takes that one key person to open the door. Um, so, you know, it's that can come from the artists, that can come from the schools, but often it'll come from the community as well. And it'll might come from the parents who will make an approach to the school going, we would love to see an arts project or I know this particular artist and I think it would be really interesting to invite him or her in to do um you know, X, Y, Z. Um, and I think, you know, we can get caught up in talking about arts and education, but it's it's the the why of it. Um, and it is the children going home in the afternoon telling their parents about the wonderful drama class they had or the wonderful dance movements that they did. Um, and it is that sense of, I suppose it's pure happiness, isn't it? That hope that children are, are going home with that can instill the values um, to parents and in communities about how important um, this is. Um, 
But I do think that educators are far more aware of that now. And in many cases, they're, they may not feel confident enough to lead on their own. So there's a huge opportunity there for artists to, to almost fill that gap and to work with them to create wonderful opportunities for, for the pupils. Thank you so much for that. Um, I think we've, you've shared so much already. We're nearing the end, but I would like to ask two things maybe. Is there anything I didn't ask that you would like to share about? And also, um, how much room do you have to play, if you can call the creative process play, in your own work? Well, to answer the, the second one first, never enough room <laughs> is, the, is, is, is the short answer. Um, no, I, I have to say I am very lucky where I work um, in terms of being able to shape programs and schemes and to tweak them as things move along and policy moves along and, and, and things develop. So, um, so yeah, and sometimes there's a, there's another Irish saying sometimes that, that, that we use, which maybe I shouldn't say, but um, sometimes it's better to ask forgiveness than ask permission. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and in a way, I suppose it is about that. It's about, um, you know, breaking maybe some of the boundaries that have been set previously um, that may have been set some time ago, um, but things are moving and changing so fast in the world today. Um, that's um, that's where where um, I think things are going. And I, there's nothing really I think that we haven't covered, but maybe you know I, I suppose it's I. Just to make it maybe a little bit more tangible, there's one project in particular I'd like to mention, which is called Gleach. That's an Irish word, um, which means call or to call out. So to kind of to shout out um, or to express yourself. And this um, project, I suppose, has struck us. It's one of the more recent ones that we have done. It didn't come through TAP specifically, but it, it would... Um, carry all of the tap characteristics as such in terms of a creative project whereby we had an artist who is a music producer um hip-hop music um which would be um uh you know i suppose it's pretty cool for for young kids as such but whose practice has developed he's actually a musician and dj who's gone back to study visual art in college at the moment so his own practice is is very much um, developing in, in unusual ways. But John John Lillis is his name, and John uh, took the notion of Gleach and calling out in COVID times uh, to work with children in primary schools uh, for them to create their own podcast and left completely open as to what the children wanted to include in the podcast. So he came in like yourself with all his equipment and all the kids buzzing around and looking and, um, you know, what does this do and can I press this button? And, and he went through all that with the children. And then they got down to, well, what is it you want to say? And if you have half an hour, if, you, if you're told you have half an hour, what are the most important things that you want to talk about within half an hour? Um, working with about maybe a group of 25 children in both schools. Um, and the results were fascinating. We saw some of the children harping back to family life 
and home life and getting stories from grandparents. We saw children who created their own um, uh, words around COVID and the impact that it was having on them. Um, We saw them perform poems. We saw them create music pieces. um, And it was all this, this whole notion of this is your opportunity to tell the world whatever it is you want to say at this point in time. Now, it could have gone... (laughs) In, in any direction and John obviously had the skills to be able to um, to you know to shape it and to guide the children and brought in a number of other artists as well or other people who would have experience on radio or on podcasting um, uh, there was a number of dances done for TikTok etc but brought it right down to the children's level um, And it was fascinating to see what came out of it. So we hope that we'll be able to share maybe some of the links to that with you afterwards. But I think it just just goes to show, you know, the impact that it can have on children's lives. Such a nice story. Um, We will definitely share the uh, links in the show notes so everyone can listen to what the children are sharing with us as well. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a pleasure listening to all the stories and all the wonderful projects you've been initiating in the last uh, 20 years already. Um, I hope it inspires our listeners to keep raising all the boats and let's bring more of this into the world. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening to Tapping Into Creativity. In our show notes, you can find more information about our guests and the subjects that were discussed in this episode. If you like what you heard, you can help us reach many more listeners by hitting the subscribe button, giving us a five-star review and sharing the podcast with your friends and colleagues. Tapping Into Creativity is part of iTAPPD which is short for International Teacher-Artist Partnership Professional Development. We are currently building a model and training about partnerships between teachers and artists in education. ITAPPD facilitates a place and time where we can jointly develop our understanding, expertise and creativity on working with young people. We explore and play with the different perspectives teachers and artists have on behaviour, development and language. This podcast was also made possible by funding from Erasmus Plus Strategic Partnership Programme. Partners in ITAPD are the Education Centre in Tralee, Centre za Dramu u Edukaciji i Umetnosti, CEDEUM, Panelinio Dictio ja to Theatro Stenekpedes, Stichting Copa, Kunsteducatie. We were your hosts, Linda and Manja, from Stichting Copa in the Netherlands. Audio editing was done by Yalda Shahidi. Hope you tap in with us again. Have a nice day.